This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and Charlotte FC is in the playoffs. It happened. It's done. History has written itself in the bank, and ah, words that should be spilling out of my mouth are not. Because if you were one of the 66,101 people who were in attendance of this match in the bank against Inter-Miami with Lionel Messi on the pitch, where Charlotte FC went in the final moments of their season and, and grabbed destiny. I don't know what to call it. Uh, and, and grabbed this moment. Hopefully you feel like I do. Hopefully this joy and this magic that is flowing through me and this love of this game is also with you. And here to be joyous and full of magic and also with me is Ewan. Hello, Ewan. Hello. Yeah, I feel a, a, an equal sense of just the, the moment encapsulating, but also, you know, if we, we, we've, we've, have more games to come and I, I'm, I'm struggling to process it all and I'm just happy. And uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the main emotion right now. And I can feel that beaming from yourself, just a happiness that this is where we are right now. I think, I think the way that I would describe it is does not suck. This, <laughs> this does not suck. I will tell you, I, I have a bit of a thing, you know, there's some stuff that I do on this podcast and we are going to get, this is a post react for Charlotte FC versus Miami at the bank, final game of the season, all that stuff. There are a few rules I have about podcasting, one of which is I try to avoid talking about referees. I broke that last uh, last time. This time, uh, I have a rule where I try to avoid podcasting with a beverage in hand because we want the show to be the most <laughs> professional quality that it can for you guys. But every now and then, and by that I mean right now, I think it's time to break that rule because I have just one bit of celebration beverage in hand. So I hope that you guys, if you're somehow listening to this tonight, right after the game is happening, you have a celebration beverage in hand. If you are not listening to it while driving your car, you have a celebration beverage in hand. Uh, please drink responsibly. Now that all that is said, <laughs> you and I, I have to just share a moment from, from the field. And so much is going to get talked about Lionel Messi and we'll talk about him for a while. And we'll, there was a moment towards the end of this game where we were up one nil and it got a little tense and some angel soul. I don't know who they were. I wish I did just started chanting Charlotte FC and everyone in the stadium suddenly was behind it. The whole stadium erupted. I have not heard the stadium that loud, that behind the team, that a part of the play since Charlotte FC's opening match. I genuinely, it, it was one of those moments in life that moves you, that emotionally resets your perspective. It was, it was the magic of football. And so rarely... And maybe that's part of the reason that it washes over you so completely that this magic of football is is so real. Was it, you know, I, I wasn't obviously watching the, the coverage. Did, did what the fans did in that late stages come through on the coverage? Yeah, I, I mean, like you mentioned there, you, you have the in-stadium perspective of this. You um, 
you know, you, you're there, you're in the in the midst of the atmosphere, and you can, you know, you experience the highs and lows with, you know, with with, with the live atmosphere of the stadium. You you can you can take that um, experience and, and describe it to the to the listener. But for me, it's you know, I, I'm someone who is based in the UK, you know, a, a million miles away from from this and. My experience is whatever comes through on the um, on the MLS League Pass that I that I that I experience these games through, and I can I can certainly vouch for what you say there that 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 atmosphere that that was happening tonight you mentioned there you could feel it where you were in the ground, but also I could feel it where I was watching it from my laptop because. Sometimes you get that in a football stadium where all it takes is just an important game with stakes raised and no matter what anyone thinks, whether it be their thoughts on the coach, the thoughts on the players, the thoughts on anything, when stakes are raised and a game is important, everyone just says to hell with everything and, and just understands the moment and gets together and, and gets behind the team and creates something really important. And for a team like Charlotte that is really young, those moments really matter because these are the things that will build this team in a major way. And it was cool to not, not, you know, I'm not a part of this because I'm not there, but to experience this as kind of a part of it, you, it is very cool. You, you study this team as much or more than anyone <laughs> you are a part of this buddy there you can't you can't back out of it now good or bad you're a part of this also i have it on the good authority of google um that uh, you are actually only 3690 miles away so yeah. what you may have been experiencing may not have actually been through your computer uh, the stadium might have been loud enough and and rocking hard enough that you also felt it where you were because that's not that big a distance. I, I do think the Charlotte FC fans could have made their cheers cover it. Uh, so <laughs> I, I feel like there's an honorary just crown to be given out in general to the fans tonight who showed up in mass. And you said this really well. It didn't feel like a partisan crowd. It felt like there were a lot of people who were there because they love Lionel Messi and they have followed Lionel Messi throughout his life and his career as one of the greatest footballers of all time. But in that stadium, it felt like it that, that that was the bank, that it belonged to Charlotte FC, and the crowd was behind Charlotte FC. Would you say that's fair? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It was because I, I and and just to add briefly on this, I I wouldn't blame anyone for going to the game tonight, wanting to play, wanting to see the person who at this stage is probably unanimously seen as the best player of all time. You 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 wouldn't begrudge anyone uh, hate, is coming to hate mail to you in on that yeah, hate mail to you. yeah. yeah it, it, you just and that was the thing i was thinking like you wouldn't begrudge anyone of coming to the stadium and thinking i want to see the best player who's maybe ever lived and not you know maybe cheer for miami on that stage but just be a bit neutral and and be happy to see that player and hope that they do a few good things but that again it, it just it wasn't the case it wasn't that wasn't what it seemed through the through the laptop that i was watching this game through just it seemed like an incredibly intense charlotte fc dedicated crowd that was it, it just it, it, it 
it gives you a lot of faith and it instills a lot of goodwill for this team that and and you know we're we're talking about one game here we're talking about the achievements of this season but so not to go too big picture but something is happening that's really really special in this city in this state for this team people really really care about this and it's just, it's a lesson that if the good things are happening for this team, people will show up and care about it. This is a this is a you know a one off game to get into the bare minimum of the playoffs, and this yeah. has happened. Yeah. Who knows it's... what could happen if we were right up there con- contending? And again, I'm not trying to be too big picture with this, but that atmosphere was, you know, it was every you could feel every single person of the sixty thousand that were there. It was really special. It. It was really special. And I'm going to say this really quick because I think it's a good little piece of comedy to, to throw in here. And then we'll get to our normal standards. This, by the way, is why we don't normally do this. This is why we have a, a system <laughs> that keeps us on track. Um, we hope you'll enjoy it. We hope you enjoy a little bit, little bit of bonus content for the, the episode in which we make the playoffs for the first time in history. Um, I, I was getting ready to go to the game this morning. I was all dressed up in my suits and my boots and all that stuff. And I had a pair of just sort of smart slacks on, right? Not not anything fancy, just some smart, simple slacks, nice polo, good shoes, backpack, the stuff I need to, to go do the media responsibilities. And I spilled a cup of coffee all over my pants. Hot cup of coffee. <laughs> Jumped around like a lunatic. And I was like, and I had a moment and I was like, you know what? Fine. If I have to have a hot cup of coffee spilled on me by myself, nobody did this to me. This is self-inflicted for Charlotte FC to make the playoffs. I'll take it. And I wasn't thinking about it. And obviously I did not wear those pants. They were covered in coffee. So I took the pants off and I grabbed the first pair of sort of nice pants that I have. And I wasn't thinking. And I have a pair of like salmon colored shorts that are quite professional and quite nice. So I just threw them on and left. And sure enough, I got to the game and everyone in the media room was like, hmm, those are uh, those are Miami colored shorts I see, Logan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And no, I I promise I did not show up to this game intending to support Miami. I just spilled coffee on my pants and grabbed the, the first shorts I could find. But. (laughs) <laughs> that that's going to be a memory that I have for the rest of my life, right? Like Charlotte FC making the playoffs, my spilling coffee on my pants and ending up wearing the colors that support Miami was, was not expected. It's, it's the magic of football. And on, on that note, you and I think we're going to knock these off relatively quick, but let's do like three crowns a piece. Does that sound good? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. This is, um, yeah, we don't have to go into too much detail of, of the crowns, but yeah, they, uh, a lot of recognition to go around today. Yeah, let's let's, let's just let it let it go where it goes. Um, how about this? I will normally ask you if you want to do crowns of curse. Would you like to take the first crown or should I? Ooh. I'll let you take the first crown because like I say, you were there. So I I I'll I'll let you I'll let I'm, you take the first crown. I'm very happy to. Uh one of the people that I want to to put out into the spotlight. And if you listen to the press conference, Christian Latanzio puts out in the spotlight for this one is uh, Yuri Uronin. Uronin. I cannot say that name. I am so sorry. <laughs> um, 
he came out today in a really big way and he had a tough job. And we were talking about uh, in the media room what he was doing and that he basically was the guy man marking the world's greatest player a lot of this game and he wasn't doing it alone anytime Messi got the ball he had five people swarming him at once which is about the only way you can handle Lionel Messi but he was the guy who was just basically given the task follow that guy and I have already seen the memes come out <laughs> about <laughs> that say uh uh Uronin emptying his pockets when he gets home and it's his keys, his wallet, his cell phone and Lionel Messi. And even if it wasn't just him, even if it's a team effort, even if it, even if they have nothing to play for, cause they can't get into the playoffs. Even if you're super psyched, even if you have the power of 66,101 fans behind you, that is not an easy task. What he did today was incredibly challenging. Uh, what he, and obviously, we come away with a clean sheet for it. I think he deserves to get thrown in the spotlight for a very good performance from him. And he has revolutionized the way that left wing works. I mean, I don't think it's game breaking, but I do think it's revolutionary for Charlotte. And I, I feel like that player cannot be overstated tonight and absolutely cannot be skipped. So I picked him first. Thoughts on, on Udonin? Yeah, it's um, it's funny because we have we we were in a similar situation last uh, last year. Not not in terms of where we've ended up making the playoffs, but with um, Nathan Byrne, where we've had a fullback come into the club, and it's just it feels like it's like a cool drink of water where we've come in and and felt like a position of need has now been treated by someone who has come in with a lot of experience. And they can come in, do that position, and all is all is well with that. Um, and and yeah, Yere Erinin is someone who we discuss when he originally signed. We were like, will he be able to suit the inverted role? Will he be able to you know adapt to everything that's come with that? And ultimately, he was going to be a, an old dog learning new tricks. But we have adapted a little bit in the way that we deploy our fullbacks. We have gone a lot more traditional, and I think that that is serving him well and actually serving Nathan Burnwell uh, in his role as well. Just letting old-school fullbacks play in an old-school fullback way. And it's it's something where we've it's brought the best out of our fullbacks, it's brought the best out of our midfielders because they're taking advantage of the space in those areas. Um, but specifically on Erinin, he actually did a really good job of covering that space and also covering um, those central areas as well when it came to it, when uh, when when the play was on the other side and the midfield moved over that way and he had to cover that. So he he's done a really good job of doing very conventional fullback things and... You can, you know, you can un you can downplay that and say it's, you know, it's what you expect of a fullback. But we haven't had a fullback to expect that of in the left back position. So when this happens, it's actually quite exciting because oh, we have a left back doing left back things. So yeah, I, I was I'm really encouraged by our future with him at that position. But just specifically on today's performance, just really happy to have a left back doing things that left backs do and and serving his role well in this setup. So 
yeah, it, although it may seem the bare minimum, God, it's good to have the bare minimum of a left-back performance in this team after all that's happened. <laughs> I, I I have to say, I do think he deserves credit for more than the bare minimum tonight, but oh, you're yeah. right, it's so good. It's so good to have somebody who... Yeah, yeah. It's perfect the position he's not, but but somebody who comes in and shows us what he can do. Let's let's jump to your first crown. Yeah, I I just um yeah, say as well. Obviously, it's you know, it's it's more than the bare minimum that he's given us just in terms of having a left back who gives us the bare minimum that you expect of a left back. That mm-hmm. <laughs> he's 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 cleared the uh the bar of, of what we expect from that position, which uh, that bar has become meticulously lower as we've uh, as we've progressed through this season, uh, just as we've uh, we've had to deal with uh, certain players having to fill in in that position. So, yeah, I, like you say, very happy to have him uh, as a crown in in this game. But in addition to that, I'd like to give uh, I'd like to give Ashley Westwood a first crown of this because this Ooh, is almost that's an interesting one. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 pretty interesting in terms of how this game went because it's maybe he's maybe not a standout, but it feels like this is a game that not that he's almost been preparing for for all this time, but one that he's been ready for because it was pretty cagey. It was a fairly cagey game. It was one that wasn't played as transitionally as um, most MLS games are and most Charlotte FC games are. But a game like this. It felt like he, you know, he laced up his boots and was ready to play Burnley FC twenty eighteen football because it was a lot of it was a lot of the football being in the air. It was a lot of don't let this happen because if they get the ball down on the floor, they'll be able to play it in between the centre back and the fullback, and they'll have, wingers will have a lot will have an opportunity. If you do get the ball down in this situation, you'll be able to play it through and we'll have an opportunity to, to attack their fullbacks because we can get it between their centre-back and fullback. It was very chalk and cheese, and it felt like it fit. It, it fitted right in with the kind of player that he has been before his Charlotte FC days. And there were there were certain moments in the game, and this is maybe the advantage of, uh, of watching it on the MLS um, League Pass uh, stream versus being in the ground. You could see certain moments in the game where he had a big smile on his face. <laughs> when the when when the game was in certain game states, because you could feel you could feel that he, it was a game that he was comfortable with. It was in certain areas where okay, he's playing with his back to goal, but he knows that because they're not fully committing to a press, he's going to have the opportunity to turn out, use his body, and spread the field. There were certain opportunities where he has his back to goal. We have the ball deep, but because he knows that a press isn't coming, he can turn out and distribute it to the fullback, get the ball back, and drive it forward. It just felt like every little bit of how this game was set up it just fitted him as a player, the new edition of him that we have as a Charlotte FC player, and also the old edition that some people may be familiar with with him at Burnley. It, it was it was almost it was a perfect storm of Ashley Westwood, and he must have got five ten minutes into this game, he must have been licking his he must have been licking his chops, thinking, "Yeah, this is the game for me." This is a game which I can really take over. And he did. He did. And I'm just really happy that he did. Really happy that we have him on the team. And yeah, this overall kind of celebration of a game that we're happening that we're having right now. I'm just happy to give him the first crown because he's had a hell of a season. He's a hell of a player and he had a hell of a game tonight. Yeah. It was a special day from Ashley Westwood. I think one of the things that 
that we have not prop well i say we have not we've tried to properly express about ashley westwood is that he's not in his position where he gets to go be the shining star he's in the position where he has to carry the weight and this is a team right now the way it is pushing up the field with super when we're moving these super speedy wingers you know when we have a little bit less defensively in the back line ashley westwood has to carry a lot of weight and he doesn't have to carry a lot of weight in his position he has to carry a lot of weight wherever that weight needs to be carried, right? He has to be on a constantly rotating, I need to be on the right side now. I need to be in defensive central mid now. I need to be attacking at this point. I need to be covering a fullback at this point. He, his scope of where he needs to go around and pick up weight for the rest of the team is massive. And what he is doing is special. It takes... It takes more than a certain level of skill. It takes a certain level of person, a certain level of human being. And I think there's a pretty good reason he wears the captain's armband. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it there for Ashley Westwood because I'm going to jump into my second one and I'm going to do Adilson Melanda. And Adilson Melanda, I think, had an okay game. I'm not going to sit here and rave about Adilson Melanda saying he was an unstoppable force of defense that that changed the world. Adilson Melanda in the last match was really rough. He experienced one of the very few times I've ever looked up and gone, that's 21-year-old defender struggling. And today he looked like Adilson Melanda again. There's not a lot of time between these two games. The, tur the mental turnaround from struggling like that to to being able to come out and put up a performance like this, where he was in control, where the plays weren't passing him by, where he wasn't missing those passes, it, it speaks to the character of Adilson Melanda and probably the character of the people around him. And maybe this crown is not just for Adilson, it's for the whole, whole crew, because it's hard to come back from a game that you know you've you know, could have potentially gotten a red card in and definitely had a stinker. It's harder to do so when you get no time to practice. For most people, the salve of issues is practice. And he would not have had a lot of time to do that. He would have had to come back to Charlotte. He might have gotten a couple training sessions in, and then he's right back on the pitch. And you know what? That is a man with character and probably a very good support structure around him because today he came out and he looked like a deal some Melanda. And for that rebound ability that Nick talked about on the last one, you get a crown, Adilson Melanda. I think that kid has such a bright future. Uh, quick thoughts on Adilson? Yeah, like you say, not an instance where, you know, tonight was an all-time brilliant performance by him. Like, oh, we're, we're raving about it. But off the back of what we saw earlier in the week, just to bounce back, to have the character to bounce back in the way that he did, it says a lot about someone who, like you say, is a young player, but I mean, talk about a, a baptism of fire. This is someone who is a young player, but has had a lot placed on his shoulders. And it's it, it's kind of crazy to think that this is someone who was only signed just over a year ago, but since then has had so much placed on them and has taken it in stride and I just, I, he's the kind of player that maybe you take for granted a little bit because you, you don't hear much from them. You don't, 
for as much as he was he struggled in the midweek you don't get mistakes from them but yeah he's 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 been such an important cog in this team throughout the season and again today there were moments like I think it was around the 55th 60th minute maybe I have that wrong where you had that you know transition moment where a lot of players in his situation if they didn't have the natural talent that Adilson Melanda has maybe that's a one-on-one opportunity maybe that's an opportunity for someone to get to the byline and square it but because he's Adilson Melanda it almost feels like an innocuous moment because he's able to deal with it in the way that he does and yeah I just I'm just happy that he's in the team I'm happy that those difficult moments for him haven't derailed him in any way I'm proud of the scouting team that managed to find him from Rodesh because it's a big, big world of football out there, and it's, yep. it's hard to find talented centre backs. You know, that's a re- centre backs who do what Adilson Melanda does. It's hard to find, and um, if we didn't have him in this team, it would reshape everything that we do. So yeah, he's well, he's well. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, well done to the scouts that found him and well done to him for fulfilling on, on the, uh, on the, on the best case scenario that they probably set out for him because this team would look that's, a lot different without it. That's best case being, being the central <laughs> defensive rock of an MLS team at 21 years old is pretty much best case. Um, <laughs> if, if you're having that case or any other case better than that, you did. Okay. And <laughs> Let's let's jump off a of Dielsen and let's go to your next crown. Yeah, I think um, for my next crown, it's almost um, I think it's almost due to uh, to give it to the match winner, Kerwin Vargas, someone mm-hmm. who we spoke about when we were doing the uh, overall Miami preview um, just um, just under a week ago, and we were talking about Kerwin Vargas as someone who might be a game breaker against this kind of team whether that be in transition, maybe that be because the opposition fullbacks are more attacking focused versus, um, you know, actually defensive fullbacks. We were like, okay, this is a guy who can get on the ball, can take on his man and really cause problems. And, you know, he's a, he's a, he gets a crown for me for this game, but also over the two games, just because he's, he's fulfilled the exact role that Christian Latanzio would have hoped, would have hoped for from him as someone who, can get the ball on the halfway line and carry it 20, 30 yards and gain field position. This is the best case scenario of what we could have got from Kerwin Vargas playing in this game tonight. We got absolutely the best case scenario from him. And I'm I'm happy as a fan that it's worked out, but I'm also happy for him because I really, really like him as a player. And I'm really happy that he's had this moment tonight. He's He's just an explosive guy. I mean... It helps when you're 21. Your knees work really well when you're 21. <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit easier to be explosive at 21 years old. But, you know, he had a moment tonight where he should have passed the ball back to Ashley Westwood or Brent Bronico. Um, both of them were in great positions. Knowing how the two of them shoot from outside the box, I would have gone to Ashley Westwood. But he did. He, he laser focused in on the goal and he took a shot that probably wasn't recommended. But you know what? He backs himself. He backs himself to go score goals. And it takes a certain mentality, at especially at 21 years old, to look at a game with Lionel Messi in it and go, nope, I'm scoring today. 
And maybe I won't hit one. Maybe I'll make the wrong decision once. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go put the ball in the back of the net. And today, he puts the ball in the back of the net. And nobody is ever going to reference that missed chance or that missed pass to uh, Ashley Westwood or Brant Bronico probably ever again after this. And you know why? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Kerwin Vargas went out there and he put the ball in the back of the net. And he wasn't selfish. He wasn't a dick to his teammates. He backs himself and saw a chance to go for it and went for it. And you know what? One time it worked and one time it was the wrong decision. But one time it worked and that one time won us the match. So all all of the praise, you know, we got the chance to interview him after the match in the press conference. And you could see he was beaming. And he talked about the fact that he had a blackout moment, which so often happens in sports, that he didn't realize he'd scored a goal until he was being surrounded by the team, his teammates. That he he has very little mental remembrance of what happened. And there's something to be said about this in professional sports that these guys don't know what's happening. I mean, they do. They have a they have a base understanding of what's happening. But this is all happening so fast that it is reaction and belief, and and desire, and skill. It's it's what they have trained into their bodies through hard work, because you cannot be that fast without it. And six seconds after the goal, Kerwin Vargas realized what he'd done. That is a 21-year-old who has the whole world in front of him. And, you know, will he go on to take over the world? No idea. But today he deserves a crown. So, uh, you and I believe it's my crown now. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Spot on. The floor is yours. I'm hoping, I I feel like I'm using today to pick out people that, like, might not get picked out. And I also, very contrary to normal Logan behavior, I'm picking the entire defensive line. (laughs) I I, want to talk uh, about uh, Andrew Privet. Because we've talked about Christian Latanzio as a developmental coach. We've talked about these players as being young and needing to develop. Of the people we have talked about today so far, Kerwin Vargas is 21. Adilson Milanda is 21. These guys have their whole careers ahead of them. And making the playoffs with MLS is a stepping stone. Andrew Privet is 23. Our central defensive pairing at Charlotte FC is a 21-year-old and a 23-year-old. Go do your own research on how many successful central defensive pairings, and successful is a bold claim. I'm in a pretty good mood right now, but how many central defensive pairings are 21 and 23 years old and do to Miami what that what that pair did today? It's remarkable. All of that, all of that responsibility that we talked about with Ashley Westwood, where he has to to move about the field and carry weight wherever the weight needs to be carried. Guess who has to fill in where Ashley Westwood leaves? It's Andrew Privet. The next person on the team who has to carry weight wherever it's needed is Andrew Privet. And if you watch in, I want to say it's like the 92nd minute, who is it that is bombing up the field? to give an option to the team so that they don't get pinned in our defensive half, it's Andrew Privet. Who is it that wins that penalty, that slows the game down, that allows us to reset uh, after they've got that late pressure on us? It's Andrew Privet. 
Who is it that has been moving through the midfield all day, doing his defensive responsibilities, pressuring the other team, bringing about uh, passing options for, for the rest of the team? It's Andrew Privet. And you know what? Andrew Privet was a nobody to me eight months ago. No idea who he was. I know now. I know now. Uh, really, really special from him, and I think I think it deserves a crown. Ewan, Andrew Privet. Yeah, these um, this sometimes happens in football where an unexpected uh, prospect from the academy does come through. Like with every club, you understand who the hot, hot prospects are in in, in the academy, and usually it's you know striker, winger, whoever it may be, like very well touted. And then every now and then you get the player who is not well touted, maybe doesn't play a position of, you know, real, you know, that that creates a lot of intrigue. But ultimately, they are someone who is fully committed, does everything that a coach will tell them, and that in football will take you a long way. And Andrew Privet's season is a testament to that. His game today was brilliant. His season is a testament to those kind of things. He's really come along as a centre-back in this team. And Latanzio, as someone who generally favours the more experienced players, we've had moments throughout this season where young players have come into the team, had a moment, and we've said, oh, that's, you know, that's the moment where they'll kick on from. And then next week, you see them on the bench, and the week after, you see them on the bench, and then the week after that, they're not even on the bench. They're back in the crown legacy. Latanzio is someone who trusts experienced players. So it speaks volumes that he has put real trust into Andrew Privet throughout the second half of this season. And it's culminated in performances like today's where he was fantastic and didn't put a foot wrong. And it's really, really fun to see that happen for someone who isn't a majorly touted player from the academy just someone who has been doing his thing putting a you know putting a good shift in and ultimately you know he should be really proud of himself not to go full you know parent or 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 you know patronizing <laughs> praise of a player but he really should be proud of the season that he's put together for himself because he's been fantastic I, with expectations I, as low as they can be for a for a youth player I want to expand really quick on something that you've said. And that is, it's not just that he stayed in the team, right? It's not just that he he has shown a couple of good games. He's kept decent players off of the pitch, right? We, I mean, not everyone loved Guzman Carujo, but Guzman Carujo was beloved and is a solid defender. You may not think he's the best defender in the MLS, you may not even rate him in the in the top 50%, but he's a solid defender. Where is Guzman Carujo? Right? When was the last time we talked about Bill Tuiloma? I mean, actually, I think it might have been like three weeks ago when we said, what the heck happened to Bill Tuiloma? This, you know, those are the people that he just obsoleted. Those aren't nobodies. Those are experienced veterans. And you never see them on the team sheet. So... Uh, I think that's, uh, I think he's somebody who really deserves to be called out. Ewan, I think it's your final card. Final crown. No final cards crown, today. Yeah. No, no cards today. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for a final crown, someone 
who I'll be giving a crown to in a similar vein as to how we've given him crowns over the last few weeks. Enzo Capetto. Oh, yep. I think the things that we've been talking about that he has done well in the absence of him scoring goals. When it's a game like today where you really, 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 really care about the outcome. Him doing what he does, it, it probably for a lot of people, you could actually feel the impact of it. You could feel the impact of him gaining territory. You could feel the impact of him restricting territory for the opposition. You can feel the impact of him occupying centre-halves and keeping the ball for Charlotte. This isn't too far a departure from what he's been doing for the last few weeks. This isn't like a case of him getting a crown because he's done so well compared to the last few weeks of the way he's been playing. This is almost just a cherry on top of his season, whereby he'll be disappointed with his goals tally this season, 100%. He'll be hoping for better going forward. But the last few weeks and what he's done today, he has shown that he is a really versatile forward in terms of providing the full package of what you want from a lone number nine. And it's something that we've been hoping that people would recognise for a little while. But you could feel it in the crowd today. You could feel it in the crowd that the little elements of his game, and, and maybe you can testify to this, maybe you disagree, but you could feel that there was an appreciation for the little things that he was doing which maybe has gone unnoticed for a little while. And I was happy for him that that was getting noticed. And I was just really happy that he had another good game today, just leading yep. the line, doing the little things that strikers do that makes them that makes their impact felt in a game. And yeah, not a crown that is given out of any, you know, especially fantastic work that he did, but just, I think you've, fulfilled a role really, really well and an important role when you're playing a 4-2-3, 1-4-3-3, whatever you want to define it as. A formation with a lone striker where you're asking the things that you're asking of him like we did today. I think he was fantastic, like he's been for a few weeks now and it was great to see him get that extra bit of credit for him like he did today. So I think one of the things I want to talk about Enzo Capetti is the fact that he's fitting with the team. When Enzo Capetti came into this team, it was the team and Enzo Capetti. And there has there have been some rumors going around about the fact that Enzo's not specific not necessarily happy at Charlotte. Uh, you know, there whatever you've heard out there may be true. But you also can't deny the fact that Enzo Capetti isn't rolling around on the ground anymore. Enzo Capetti isn't hustling referees. Enzo Capetti isn't whining at people. I mean, the last time we saw Enzo Capetti have a bit of a, a bit of a whining fest was when he wanted to take a PK, and he's a striker. Strikers want to take PKs. It's not like that one's mind-blowing. And you know what? The next day, it was gone. He's fitting with the team. He and Carol, whether they love each other or not, appear to have developed an understanding of where the other one's going to be. And you know what? They're playing the ball off of each other. They're working together in ways that I did not necessarily see them doing so. They're using each other's strengths for the benefit of the team. And I I don't want to say that Carol didn't have to meet halfway, because Carol does have to meet halfway. But I think that Capetti had a lot further to go to get to that place. 
where it's Charlotte FC, of which Enzo Capetti is a part, instead of Charlotte FC and Enzo Capetti. And today, that performance, the one you've talked about, where we've seen him now for a couple weeks in a row, just putting in the work and being a part of the functioning machine, we see it again. I think I think it deserves to be called out, and I think it's a spectacular crown. I am really quickly, because if I do not do this, a Jerson is going to find me in a dark alley and fight me. Uh, Jerson was going to be with us today and sadly got stuck in traffic because so many people attended this game. Uh, so he couldn't be on the post-react, but he has uh, informed me to tell everyone that he has chosen a crown, and it is Christian the Wall Kalina uh, for what is a remarkable save laid on in this game. Uh, obviously, there's the moment where he goes one-on-one -on -one with Lionel Messi. And, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't put anyone one-on-one -on -one with Lionel Messi. So I'm glad that the person who actually decided that outcome was the referee. But outside of that in this game, I think he did really, really well. And he had a playoff-saving save late in the game when the team needed somebody to pick them up. And he's the one who did it. Really quick thoughts on Kalina? I mean, <laughs> it's hard to add too much. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to add too much because um, it's someone who we've talked a lot about, someone who we've discussed the virtues of, but ultimately someone who, when it comes to a big moment for just a save, you feel like you can bank on him. You feel like you can rely on him. And for a goalkeeper, for all the talk of what they can do with their feet, for all the talk of the in-possession stuff, a keeper who can bail you out with a really good save is is worth their weight in gold. And yeah, that that the save that you mentioned there is a really, really good save. And it's a uh, really yeah, good save. It's it really, might, really. <laughs> the the time he has to react to that, it might be his best save all season. Uh I will it's certainly the biggest moment save all season. Oh, I yeah. will I will go ahead and start to wrap us up because this one is definitely gonna be long. You and you have actually two sentences. What are your final thoughts? <laughs> um, well, I mean, not to go too, you know, emotional or whatever it may be, but it's been a really, really cool season covering the team with the Crowncast. And I'm really just grateful that we get another week to do it. And hopefully that is how everyone else feels that's a fan of this team, that we get another week to have fun. We get another week to speak about you know, whatever it may be, your feelings on the team are the week to discuss who you would play at fullback, midfield, wherever it may be. And it's so cool that, you know, let's go ahead and give ourselves another week after this week and maybe another week after that. And who knows? Let's just keep having fun and uh, we'll see where it all ends up. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm really I'm really grateful that, that, that we've managed to clinch a playoff spot and long may the games continue because this season has been a blast. And yeah, it's been yeah. a... Hell of a time covering it with you, man. And and then we go and win the league, and then we can enjoy the whole off season because we've won, right? Um, exactly. No, I appreciate it. It has it has been a hell of a time covering it with you as well. My my final thoughts are going to be that uh, this team has a long way to go. This is not a perfectly straight road, but there's no denying that this team has magic in it. And for the last regular season game of the season. We all got to share in some, some really special football magic. So 
uh, on that awkwardly optimistic note. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of awkward like... optimistic, a lot of awkward optimism from you lately. I, know, I feel like Almost you're so long, I was <laughs> letting you dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody at Charlotte FC didn't get the memo. I'm not supposed to be this happy. <laughs> on that, on that optimistic note, uh, to you all, the fans, thank you so much. Obviously, we're going to be talking to you throughout the postseason, and we will continue to be talking to you throughout the off season as well. But it's not just another season getting to do this with Josh and Ewan and Jerson, Michael and uh, Jorge and. Uh, it is uh, Nick and Eli from the CLTFC podcast who who come on with us from time to time. It's not just another season with all the people in the media booth. It's another season with you guys. It's another season where we get to share this football magic. So, as as I always sign off with, uh, to you all, the fans, the listeners, if you have decided to share your time with us, we love you. Thank you so much. We hope that you are just absolutely living up this magic. And we will talk to you again when Charlotte FC go and bring down Red Bull New York to continue our march into the playoffs. <laughs> Goodbye. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.